Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special pre-draft edition of Half Court and Midrange. I'm Court. I'm Ray. And I'm Joel. And today we're so excited because the second most important day in the NBA calendar is coming up tomorrow. Are you ready? It might be today if you're listening to this tomorrow yes. for us. We'll get Greg on here to talk about time travel later. But yes. And if anyone is listening who cannot listen to podcasts with yelling i can't guarantee there will be no yelling in this podcast i was about to say i can't i also cannot guarantee that there will be no yelling and just to clarify that's the second most important after the draft lottery that's right right. draft lottery determines the order of what's going to happen tomorrow draft second most important day second most important day uh and maybe just this second maybe also separate from that the best day of the year the best day of the year i'm really excited because i get to wake up at 5 25 tomorrow morning so that i can check in for my southwest flight mm. so that i don't get a shitty boarding group mm. Uh, also, that's uh, I forgot whether. See, we it's interesting. They have a first. They have a first come first serve system. Instead of maybe doing something like a random lottery, you know, you you check in before, say, you know, nine, you know, between twelve and twenty four hours before your flight. Then there's a random number thing. You just get a seat, so you don't have to wake up at five forty five to check in this first come first first serve system. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't. I've never flown it before, but I don't like it. Yeah, I I know a lot of people who are gung ho Southwest supporters, but I don't like the check in system. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. But I don't like the check in system, but like, it's kind of silly to make people rush to check in. But I do Southwest. They're kind. Of, it's a nice. I like the whole process. The folks are nice. They board the planes quickly to to be fair i would like it a lot more if somehow they were sponsors of our blog or our podcast <laughs> it is it is a good company it's the only airline company that i'm have a login on the internet for wow wow oh, wow that's okay. coming that's, that's coming a, from someone who has a instagram login as well yes <laughs> that's true but but not a lot of other logins no no twitter Joel Sherman, anti-Twitter. Okay, so uh, before we get to the draft, though, apparently uh, there was a big... While Joel and I were just off, not even paying attention to any sort of NBA news for several hours almost, there was some big, big news uh, from a guy who likes to break big, big news, uh, and Ray's going to fill us in on that. Yes, um, hot off the presses, uh, Woj tweeted that there's or that the Kings and Lakers have discussed the framework for a trade that would send uh, Boogie Cousins from the Kings to the Lakers. Uh, Woj didn't report this in this tweet, but uh, people thought that the trade might look something like Lakers sending the second overall pick in tomorrow's draft plus Julius Randle, uh, their first round pick from last year for Boogie Cousins, who is really good at basketball, also very uh, known known to be somewhat of a controversial figure, um, maybe a little bit uh, kind of crazy. Um, 
but so yeah it's big news what do y'all what do y'all think first of all i uh before we get into it a little bit if you could just explain who Woj is that would be helpful maybe yeah so also that's i believe that's known as a Woj bomb it is a Woj bomb he dropped a Woj bomb um he uh adrian wojakowski i think is how you say his name i think it's Woj narowski Woj Narowski. <laughs> I would I would defer to Ray on the kind of Eastern European last names. The weird thing is, is that everyone just says Woj all the time. Uh, so actually, really, I know there's a. I think it ends with a ski. So just Woj something ski. I've I've got a spelling. It looks like Woj Narowski. Woj Narowski. Okay. But I don't know. If I that's just how dropped you say the it. N. Okay. I think. Okay. I'm gonna try have a try at it. It is. E Jianyan. <laughs> Did I get it right? That was really good, Court. Okay, um, cool. I practiced a lot for that one. <laughs> um, but he is a, a sports writer. I think in the kind of new age of sports writing, he has kind of ascended to the top of this mountain where he breaks stories uh all the time at like all hours of the night he always is the one that gets out there first um and uh yeah so he's just he's something else i think actually they there's a lot of jokes about about how quickly he gets news um and he was basically like someone was sitting behind him at the draft and he was just like he was basically announcing the picks each time uh before the the picks actually happened um and people could just kind of sit around and watch and see him on his phone or whatever, like typing, yep, so-and-so is going to pick them before they actually do. So, he's, yeah, that's his thing. That's what he he just dropped this Woj bomb. So he's that's kind of been branded when he breaks big news. I think it's kind of interesting for maybe people who don't know that he's, he's a writer for Yahoo.com, which is interesting to me because he's not plugged into one of the – he's not part of ESPN or – even like Fox Sports or one of the major sports uh, networks. Um, and I don't know how he somehow has a better, or has better intel than like a Mark Stein or somebody who works for a bigger uh, conglomerate, but somehow he does. Yeah, yeah I wonder if that, um, I could see him working. So anyone that works, most of the people are kind of indirectly or directly affiliated with ESPN. I could see there be some advantage in teams breaking news to him because they're not like the league is ultimately affiliated with ESPN really closely. Um, and so maybe there's just like fewer boundaries in terms of teams communicating with him as opposed to like Mark Stein. Um, so I don't know. Cause sometimes they kind of leak false stories. I, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a different kind of standard and he, he is more free reign or something like that. I have seen Mark Stein play soccer in person before. Mm. So he is a real person. Uh, my question to you two is, is Woj, do you think he's a robot? Is he a real person? I think he could be a robot. Um, uh, Joel saw this. Joel watches these futuristic movies with robots. I feel like he might have some kind of, you know, he might be a good Turing tester. Uh, I'm just going to go with definite possibility. Definite he's possibility. a robot. Okay. All right. Should we give his Twitter account the Turing test? Like, we, should we... Could we pretend? How I could don't we think... Do? I think we would have to... Uh, I, you would we, have to reply. 
Yeah, well, somebody would have to like be ignorant of the fact whether he's a robot or not, and we would have to read things from him, and then they would have to say, I think people who have listened to this are already too biased to perform the Turing test on his Twitter okay. account. Okay, I so see. So sorry for biasing everyone with our podcast is basically what I I'm see saying. What you're saying. I see. But only like five people listen to this podcast. Sorry, and they probably were already biased. We have a lot of biased listeners. I don't really feel like we we just suggested that he could be a robot. I feel like most people probably assumed before that he wasn't a robot. So maybe we unbiased people, mm. and now they're just not sure, which is really mm. how you want to go into a Turing test. The real secret is we're all robots. Uh, <laughs> our podcast is recorded by robots. Speaking of robots... Uh, how would you feel about DeMarcus Cousins or Boogie Cousins being on the Lakers? That was an excellent transition, Ray. Very humanistic. Uh, <laughs> I think that there would be he would collect a lot of Kobe assists. He would be the recipient of a lot mm-hmm. of them because he. Mm-hmm. I most of my experience with watching him play, to be honest, uh, I saw him a little bit for Kentucky, tiny little bit. And uh, a little bit for the Kings, but a lot of it has been when he played for Team USA uh, in the FIBA tournament last summer. Um, and he played in his action when he did play there. He he was he's pretty beastly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a good player. I think yeah. you know Randall is kind of a question mark due to the knee injury. Knee injury. He was out. Uh, ankle. Ankle. Thingy, yeah. Leg out all the screw. season. It had something to do with a screw in his ankle, yeah, I think. Yeah, didn't sound good. Um, so much more of a question mark. Same goes for whoever they would take it to, which we might find out later mm-hmm. after you listen to us tell us, which is the real reality, not whatever actually happens in the draft. Uh, what I'm saying with that is I think – he i think he's a really really good player i think that he won a gold medal in basketball that's there's something to be said for that uh i think he would still be playing with kobe bryant uh maybe you think if if we think kobe's coming back for one more season which i think is the deal that's what he Get said that 24 mil yeah yeah and one last shot at it I mean, he and the Kings were the Kings started out kind of a little, at least relative to the Kings, hot last season before they fired Mike Malone. Mm-hmm. And so I think they, you know, I think that's a good deal for the Lakers. Yeah, I think, I think it would be a good deal for the Lakers. I think Randall has kind of limited upside, and now he has these injury concerns. I do think well I don't know. I guess I I guess just the Lakers are starting from such an awful point. I feel like I just think that they're a terrible team. Um so I don't know how good he would make like so just thinking about it Cousins the meaningful players on the team would be Cousins, Kobe, Nick Young, Swaggy P and Jordan Crawford and Jordan, then they ha- Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, I'm sorry. Um and then they have like Ryan Kelly, booze, Carlos Boozer, yeah. This is a so I don't know maybe like then Kevin Love comes or something, but those those players even with Boogie are still not very good, especially if Kobe's shooting like thirty times a game. I I think next if they got if they got Boogie right now, the Lakers would still be terrible next year. Yeah. 
but I, I think that it would regardless be an excellent move for them because Cousins is still young. I think he's a great building block to to build a team around. And even if even if you have to give up Randall and maybe even if you have to give up Randall and the number two pick this year, he's probably still worth it because he's a known quantity versus, you know, Randall who was kinda iffy even coming out of college and Okafer, whoever's going to be the number two pick this year, like you know that Cousins has already dominated in this league, and it, like Court said, when it was him and Rudy Gay and Collison, you know, kind of forming like a pretty not I was yeah, not a big three, but I mean they were a th- they were a core that made sense uh, on paper, and they did pretty well at the beginning of last season until Boogie got some sort of weird illness and had to go out and then they fired Mike Malone and then that all fell apart but um I feel like he's he is a star that you can build around unlike probably Julius Randle definitely Jordan Clarkson or anybody else who the Lakers have or probably and definitely more of a sure bet than whoever they'd get at the number two pick yeah this year yeah definitely yeah I agree with that I think I think probably the biggest variables if the Lakers or whoever would be acquiring Boogie thinks he, like, team-wise, personality-wise, that he's going to be someone who can, like, be a superstar and lead a team because there's still lots of reports that he's just really hard to play with or hard to coach. Yeah, I could kind of see Kobe being a good mentor to him, you know, uh, just in terms of they seem like pretty opposite personalities and that Kobe is uh extremely focused and driven and totally basketball centric whereas from what little I know of uh cousins he's not maybe that way I also from what I've heard is that the Lakers uh, they're gonna be done with Kobe after does he have one or two more years left he just has one more year i don't um i i can't say that i'm confident that he's just gonna walk away or that the lakers could like if he wants to keep playing but they're not gonna he's kind of gotten his though right like he's certainly gotten his right and so so if you look at next year they might still be terrible but if you get cousins and you know maybe just give this year away as kind of a learning, you know, sort of uh, getting everybody worked in, you know, then you get rid of, or you at least lose all of that Kobe money on your books. And then you get rid of Byron Scott, who's obviously not the coach of the future. Uh, and then you can start to build around Boogie after this year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, Definitely, definitely. I think, and and we should definitely, I I tried to document this a little bit in the comment section of Joel's uh, article. Uh, But I think the biggest thing about this story is just that the the Kings are a hot mess. They are just a totally, like, ridiculous franchise. Long story short, they have this kind of new hotshot entrepreneur owner who, like, doesn't, 
Who's no. their owner again? Vivek. Vivek. I'm just going to say Vivek. <laughs> Ranadive. Vivek Ranadive. Um, but he he came in. He's like super involved in the personnel and like management decisions, which is generally a bad thing for an owner because they don't know very much about building basketball teams if that's not that their specialty, which few it is. Um, even the ones that it is, if you'd say Michael Jordan, he's a been a bad owner because he's been very involved in player personnel decisions. Um, but he's done all these weird things. They like filmed the draft room one year, um, sort of crowdsourced a pick or something like that. Um, yeah, Sauce Castillo. Yeah. They crowdsourced his name. And they had basically one good thing going for them, and that is that they have Boogie Cousins on their team who is like a potential superstar, um, was being talked about as one of like the five or ten best players in the league last year. And they hire a coach in George Carl who's not even necessarily that good of a coach. Um, after firing a couple of coaches kind of randomly – who apparently doesn't want to coach their best player, the only good thing about their franchise, which is Boogie Cousins. And now George Carl is trying to trade Boogie Cousins, and it seems like he's going to. Uh, when, if he has a bad season, he might be George Carl might be fired anyway. And then they're stuck with whatever's left. Anyhow, it's just a mess. If George Carl were an animal, what animal would he be? <laughs> Desert tortoise. I was going to say walrus, but that feels a little too easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I was going to say, though, in regards to what you just said, Ray, not only did they fire some coaches, but they fired Mike Malone, who from everything that was reported had finally sort of gotten across to Boogie Cousins and made a connection because – it seems like he has been kind of a difficult personality to deal with as a star player. And they finally found somebody in Mike Malone who right. connected with him, And then they fired him like, I don't know, like 20 games into the last season or something like that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Like they definitely should have kept, they should have not fired Mike Malone. That was silly. Um, Maybe we should we we have a question from a loyal listener. Oh yeah, I thought. Well, were we going to talk about the draft in oh, general before yes. this, and just kind of for our listeners at home at home who are not as enamored with the draft, or maybe uh, just the whole concept of uh, not the free market as we are. With that. We all like the free. We're market. We're the free market. We, we are, are the, the free, free market. market. You, that yeah. was the alternative name for our podcast. It was the free market. Yeah. Uh, we were just going to give a little explanation of how the draft works. The NBA draft. Yes. Not the you know military draft for the United States of America. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which is tomorrow. In case if you're one of those people who are a little unsure about it, it's it is tomorrow or, or possibly to bit today, yeah. depending on when, or it might have already happened. <laughs> you listen to this yes it is going to be probably Thursday, today or yesterday june or two days ago 25th june 25th is tomorrow yeah that's right okay cool yeah nice um so yeah i've been kind of i've uh really been immersed in draft coverage for the last i don't know six months um <laughs> and so i'm i'm particularly excited about this but 
after getting into it, I realized that the draft is probably a strange concept for people that either don't follow sports or don't follow it that closely. Um, and so basically, just so all our listeners are aware, it is uh, the process by which amateur players who have yet to enter the pro league um, are chosen by teams um, and signed to contracts. Uh, it is a weird, it is a weird thing. And then there's we, the lottery, which we talked about before, which helps determine like what order the picks are made in. Um, and I think it's particularly exciting for people like me who are rooting for a bad team right now. Um, because this is kind of the way that you acquire, um, like good, exciting players, um, and like actually get better in the long term. Uh, the other way to acquire good players when you're a bad team is through free agency. Um, but for the most part, the best players like stay with the teams they're on or they switch teams kind of like infrequently. Um, and it oftentimes they're going to like big markets uh, like New York or L.A. or Miami um, or tax friendly states or something like that. Um, so this is kind of like the opportunity to get like a potentially really good player. And then there's also this other quirk to it where these players are signed for really reasonable contracts relative to veterans. Um, basically, the the first player picked is going to start off making something like five and a half or six million dollars. Um, that sounds pretty reasonable. <laughs> yes, and for relative a human being to me. <laughs> um, without getting into the whole <laughs> economics of sports, um, that is about a fourth of what. Kobe Bryant, who we were talking about earlier, is going to make. Um, and so obviously, if you, you know, are four number one picks better than Kobe Bryant, they're significantly better than Kobe Bryant. Um, and so that's why people get so excited about this. Um, and you get the player for like four or seven years effectively um, to help build your team. Are four number one picks better than LeBron James? No. Okay. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. It'd be pretty... Man, how far back do we have to go to get to Anthony Davis, though? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Him and then... Well, but, man, the Cavs I think with if, Anthony Bennett. Man, so I think ooh. if there was a way to get the top... Actually, so I think right now, if... Yeah, if... Uh, I guess Anthony Davis is more than four years back. I think, if, I think maybe if you could trade LeBron James for the first guaranteed first four picks in the next consecutive years, you could assume that you would get some kind of transcendent talent. Um, I don't think you could assume LeBron transcendent. Or Anthony Davis but transcendent. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe collectively they would, it would be a wash, but LeBron is, LeBron is generationally transcendent, I think in a way that, you can't you can't count on coming across even like every five years. I mean, yeah. LeBron was drafted in '03, right? Yeah, '03 yeah, or '04. I think he was '03. Yeah, and I think he's yeah, that's con right. he's consensus the best player since Jordan, right? Uh, yes. Which goes back to '80. When was Jordan? Jordan was drafted in like '86 or. 
mid eighties. Yes. Yeah. Whenever, whenever it was. So, I mean, but I think that like, that's, so I, like I would say Shaq was a transcendent talent. Yeah. Um, and a, and a clear number one pick. So yeah, maybe it's not, I don't know. I think you'd at least have to think about it if you could actually guarantee you get the top four picks. Um, and LeBron, I mean, especially like now LeBron is actually getting older. Like he was really good, but at some point he is going to stop being so good. Sorry. The way he said that just made it seem like he was not getting older at some point. Like <laughs> he is now on the downward He's part of his aging curve. So right. he was getting older before, but he was actually, He's getting worse now is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Worse at basketball. Like yeah. getting older in the bad way rather than like getting more mature and better yeah. at basketball. Yeah. I do think about this when I think about the Sixers in that you can you can amass a lot of picks, but if so much of it still comes down to luck because if you don't get a good pick in a year when say I mean Anthony Davis is a good example because he's a great talent and maybe maybe he is transcendent maybe he's not I mean that's yet to be seen but then you compare him to somebody like Anthony Bennett who is Mm -hmm. clearly not gonna be a transcendent talent but he was still a number one pick and you so much of it comes down to the luck of what what year you get a good pick in yeah and that's why I was saying if you had four if you had it in four consecutive years then you're kind of um evening out your luck to say that there's going to be one clear transcendent talent for us to pick in one of these four years. But, um, I, I hear that. I also think that there's less, it's less of a binary and like, is it Anthony Davis or not? And like, you know, there's a Nerlens Noel, yeah. I think is a, is working out for the Sixers. I think he's <laughs> really good. And they got him with the six pick. Um, <laughs> go ahead, court. I don't know. I was just gonna say something about Michael Ola Candy, but then you came in with that. You came in with the Nerlens Noel there, so I don't really know. That was pretty much just as funny. The Candy Man. <laughs> um. Cool. Yeah. So that's the draft. Do we have any other? Do we have anything else to add about the draft? Uh, it's lots of fun. You should all watch it or have already watched it. There's a lot of good suits. Lots of good suits. Like uh, things you wear, not like not legal proceedings. Although, the, yeah. you know, there's probably some sort of legal proceedings involved with the draft. The, the whole owners versus the players. Yeah. Anyway, we do. And people's reactions are generally pretty funny. Like Zach Levine, oh. he he got a player got picked last year um, by the Timberwolves, which is <laughs> kind of across the board assumed to be one of the the places that players would like to play the least. Um, and it looked like he he's he said a cuss word when he got picked, um, but he apparently claimed that he kind of it was a more of like a sigh and like he kind of bowed his head to pray or something like that. Um, but uh, but anyhow, you see these funny reactions. Another player, Jan Vesely, just like started making out with his girlfriend who was apparently pretty attractive. I don't was she a model. Uh, I don't know, Joel. Eastern European. (laughs) (laughs) Eastern European lady. Okay. May or may not have been a model. Way to go, Jan. So I think the the Zach Levine thing was that 
it looked pretty clearly like if you watched the video of him, he said, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it seemed it seemed from his expression that it was kind of like, a, oh, fuck. Right, right. But when he he tried to reframe it as kind of like he he was feeling overwhelmed with emotion and just happy to be in that place and sort of unbelieving of how incredible everything was and tried to tried to frame it as a like a oh fuck like this is actually happening yeah 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 and so I don't know I. Uh it I'm doesn't just gonna interject totally and say I'm believable. feeling pretty overwhelmed with emotion at the fact that I don't know how to like censor something. And then if it was just like one thing, maybe I could have censored that. But there were three separate instances where I should have censored what Joel was saying. Possibly. I mean, this we're probably gonna have to go for a explicit rating on Apple iTunes anyway. Do we really have any under <laughs> underage listeners? <laughs> No, we don't have any listeners. If you are if you are underage, just enter expletives in the comment section. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> any expletives you learned from our podcast, just let us know that that was let your parents know that was our fault. It was Joel's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Ailey, just close your ears at the right times. Sorry guys. <laughs> oh, no worries. I blame Zach Levine. Uh, the other great one was, man, I can't remember what it was last year, but they interviewed one of those Russian guys that got taken and his interview post getting taken was just in the draft. He just was excited and really excited that he got drafted and just his command of the English language was, uh, you know, not excellent, which, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones with regard to this podcast, but he got yeah he got a little excited and it didn't make a whole lot of sense it was pretty good television yeah so that's a good reason to watch the draft yeah watch Um, the draft and we also so that's not a very good segue into our uh, question we have a mailbag question that we'd like to address we had a lot of mailbag questions to be honest uh last time we addressed one from chad kuchum of kansas city Kansas, Missouri, one of the two. It's the the same thing from Kansas City. Uh, And he had a lot of other ones, including Darko Milicic's political views, which are terrifying, to be honest. Uh, But we can't get to all of those questions. And we, you know, we threw him a few bones last time. He had a question on those on those views. He wasn't necessarily endorsing them. He was not endorsing (laughs) Serbian right wing politicians. Chad Kuchum was just curious about Darko Milicic and his tattoos. Um, Anyway, we couldn't get to all of Chad's questions, but we did have a we had a, a specifically draft related question from Ben F. Uh, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and he asks, if LeBron were to leave Cleveland this year like he did Miami last year, who would be this year's Shabazz Napier? Example, uh, the guy LeBron would tweet about, so the Cavs picked him right before he left. So, I came up with my answer kind of somewhat independent of the Cavaliers roster. The player that I thought should, should we say it at the same time to see if we say this like one, two, three, yeah, and let's we do say that. the player. Okay. And maybe get Joel in here too. Joel, okay. you have one in your mind already? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Joel maybe has a okay. So 
I'm I'm ready to say this year's Shabazz Napier, if LeBron were somehow leaving the Cavaliers, are right, on three. One, two, three. Montrezel Harrell. <laughs> All right, we all said different things. We're going to start with Ray first. I said Montrezel Harrell, and I don't know if I said that right. Um, I usually go for a Montrezel. Montrezel? Yeah, that's okay. how I've heard it. Okay. Um, that kind of makes more sense with the spelling. Um, I thought he fit because, one, he's projected to go in the late first round, which Shabazz Napier was. He's also, what I thought about Shabazz Napier, I, was, I thought about a player who's very good in college, um, who like performed really well at the college level, but then had some things that like scouts and the pro teams didn't think projected as well to the NBA. And so Harold's like this kind of high-motor guy who's kind of all over the place but kind of athletically and physically he's like not as overwhelming as some of the other guys um so that's what i came up with that would also be particularly funny because the cavaliers are overloaded with uh power forwards although kevin love just opted out but uh with lebron and tristan thompson playing power forward and then kevin love may come back plays power forward and Mozgov kind of doesn't really fit in there either. So that would kind of be funny, but uh, that's the player that I thought of. Yeah, he's kind of almost like a, a short Tristan Thompson or something. A little better shooter for sure, but yeah. a little bit undersized. Yeah. I said Cameron Payne. Um, he's definitely one of the only players in the late first round that I know, so that was one of the reasons that I, that I said his name. But um, I think he is, besides just going in the late, first round he's also I think an undersized point guard and kind of a score first point guard uh in the vein of Shabazz um and yeah that's really the only similarities that I had and I do think I think he there's some buzz around him he might go up around 10 or so so he, he might not get down there but I think I think he fits in a lot of ways uh, with with Shabazz. I said Jerrion Grant. I'm kind of surprised that Ray didn't say Jerrion Grant just due to the familial, uh, you know. I'm a fan of the Grants. He's a, Ray is a fan of the Grants. Ulysses, uh, Jerrion, so <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, so Jerrion, uh, he's a he was a senior last year at Notre Dame. He played point guard, scored a lot of points. Uh, it's projected to go at the end of the first round. Uh, definitely, you know, is one of those guys. He's a little undersized. Like, what is he going to really do? If the Cavs were taking him, it would be kind of like, you know, obviously they have Kyrie already. Obviously, Kyrie didn't play in the finals. Jaren Grant is definitely better than Matthew Delavadova, but. Delavadova. Uh, that was kind of my like biggest comp was like, you know, senior guy who was good in college. Jaron Grant took him to the elite eight, took Notre Dame to the elite eight. Didn't quite go all the way like, uh, Shabazz did, but Mm -hmm. you know, that was my pick. I look forward to having Ben, uh, Ben F from Chapel Hill declare me the, uh, correct answer to that question. Um, Yes, um, I like my chances, but uh, but yeah, I think all good answers. Now we can move into. And I will say, Montrezl, he 
I respect that guy as a player. He was he and uh, played against UVA a couple times. They had some really good battles there. Uh, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a little on the on the small size for the NBA, but yeah. that guy's a a true a true baller for yeah. sure. Um, definitely. Um, so now we are going to m- move into doing a little round the horn mock draft. Oh boy. Um, so Get yeah, ready for some yelling, yes, and screaming. Um, and so to sort of mock the the way the NBA does it. <laughs> well, that was I was not trying to use mock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to mock the NBA in this mock draft, uh, we're going to try to stick to a timer. Um, and so we'll do the first nine picks round the horn style, um, and try to hold each pick to three minutes. Uh, that would give us a decent podcast time. Okay. Um, and like we're going to talk about them for three minutes. It's not going to be like, or we're, like gonna be, we're not going to be quiet for three minutes while Joel decides whether he's going to take <laughs> Okafor or no. Yeah. Not that, uh, not that. So, um, I'll add in the three minutes later. I'm going to pick, I'm going to put Joel on the clock with a Minnesota Timberwolves pick. Um, hopefully Glenn Taylor is making this. It was their representative, uh, at the MB- at the draft lottery, one of my favorite parts was the representative for the Timberwolves was the owner who was probably something like an 85 year old man. Uh, However old Emperor Palpatine was in the Star Wars <laughs> movies, and his they interviewed him. They got the first pick, and so it was exciting. And they interviewed him, and his he was kind of like his his response was something like to the question like, "Oh, so are you excited? Who are you gonna take?" He's like. We're just so excited. We're going to get a fine young gentleman on our team with a heart of gold. It was something like that. And it was just, oh, it was just, it was awesome. It was amazing. Um, on that note, Joel Sherman is on the clock with the Minnesota Timberwolves number one pick. All right. Th- this one's pretty easy. I think everybody kind of knows who Minnesota's going to take, which is Carl Anthony Towns. It's still unclear to me whether his first two names are hyphenated or his last two names are hyphenated. I kind of like Carl hyphen Anthony. It's well, yeah. Go go ahead for a little bit more. Well, anyways, I just think that's a I don't know. Carl Anthony is a good like you know double first name. To to be clear, it is actually a double first name, so that's pretty cool. Oh really? I really thought it was. Anthony Towns. It is a it is a hyphenated first name. It's a hyphenated first name. All right. Well, that just makes it easier than definitely the number one pick. Um, no, I think everybody expects him to go number one. Um, he was even though Kentucky got knocked out before the the final round of the NCAA tournament. I think he was pretty clearly the best player in the tournament all around. Um, he seems like uh, the best two-way big man in the draft. He, he's everybody's um, criticizing Okafor for his defense, whereas Towns is seems like a pretty. He projects to be a pretty solid defender uh, at the pro level, and he's got a maybe not quite the inside game that Okafor has, but he's still big and strong and showed a lot of uh pretty nice post moves in the tournament i mean my 
I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but my lasting impression of the NCAA tournament was Towns just going inside repeatedly at the end of games and just shooting these little jump hooks over guys who could do nothing to stop him. Um, and he's also a little bit fleeter of foot than Okafer. Seems like he can run the floor better. And from everything I've heard, which he didn't really show in the college game, but he's got a better jump shot and can, you know, maybe even like be a stretch five at the pro level um, and develop a three point shot, which seems a little crazy to me, but um, that just makes him that much more of a enticing draft prospect. So yeah, yeah no surprise there. Yeah, I th- definitely think he's the easy mode number one pick just got the all-around game he's super versatile and uh he was great at kentucky i didn't actually see the game where they lost uh i saw the the very end of it i I was watching on my phone on espn streaming while i was at a bar called new york deli in richmond virginia (laughs) which some of our listeners probably were there actually uh and then some some of our listeners probably left to go watch the game but i I uh, maintained my spot on the dance floor uh, and didn't watch the end, but people were surprised that Ken- I was also surprised that Kentucky lost. He in the games up to that point uh, just really dominated everybody. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising to me that they ended up losing that game. Yeah. Although Wisconsin has, you know, some NBA prospects as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. But just not cu- quite as like, uh, not quite as amazing as Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So let's go ahead and put, let's actually go ahead and put the Kings on. Let's just say this trade goes through and put the Kings on the clock with number two. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the Kings at number two. I also wanted to say my little mnemonic, not really a mnemonic. It's just Carl Anthony Towns and then Willie Cauley Stein. Willie Trill Cauley Stein. I didn't know about his middle name, but I did know that his last name was hyphenated and then yes. Carl Anthony's first name was hyphenated, mm. which if they had a baby, it would be Carl Anthony Cauley Stein. Not, well, probably not. It would be called something else, but regardless, Kings are on the clock and I've used up 30 seconds about it talking about Kentucky players. Only one of which is even eligible to be drafted at this point because Carl Anthony Towns has been taken. Um, so they just traded away boogie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Okafor here. Uh, is it the butt? It's the big butt. The, the big butt. They're just going to need, he, they're going to need somebody to replace boogie in terms of like, just go to guy. And I think he's kind of like a go to guy. You can get it to him on, obviously on offense, like boogie, boogie also maybe, I don't really know what I know that he like sort of had some defensive questions when he was coming in and it, maybe it was less like his size and like quickness where Okafor kind of looks like he might. Yeah. Might yeah. Have that. Cousins had questions coming in and then he like the stats showed he wasn't a very good defender, but last year he improved a whole bunch, um, which it, yeah, which would be an interesting thing to see if, Okafor hasn't been a good defender, but it also people wonder if just as because he hasn't really had to, or folks have just told him, don't get in foul trouble, you're our offensive uh, force, just like stay on the floor. So Yeah, and he, Okafor has like 
not only can he score, he has like really nice hands and he can, he also just has a really good passing like vision. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like if the Kings make that trade, I know they'll have Randall there, you know, whatever, that's going to be an extra guy there, but I think they need to have some sort of like replacement down low there. I assume, I assume Rudy Gay is with the team for a little while longer, you know? Yeah. They'll get somebody who's ready. Is that it? That's it for me. That's it for the Kings. That means, uh-oh, Sixers. Oh, boy. All right. So I'm yelling on the inside now. Um, so I am going to – so with the third pick in the NBA draft – We're also going to um, give an extra minute for this pick. behalf of the Sixers – I am very torn. Um, so the, the players on the table here, uh, well, there's a lot of them. There's probably like hundreds of them technically. Um, but in reality, it's probably either D'Angelo Russell, combo guard from Ohio State, really good shooter, really good ball handler, not super athletic, um, but he is long. He's like has a 6'9 wingspan. Um, or Kristaps uh, Porzingis, uh, who is a humongous Latvian dude who <laughs> can shoot really well, uh, is like really mobile, um, and apparently also speaks really good English. Um, and uh, uh, but he's his he's still relatively raw in that like he can do some things really well, like he can run around screens and set his feet and shoot. But in terms of like getting the basketball and and driving and having like a awareness on the court or being good at passing, he's not really good at those things. He's also 19 years old and he was playing in the second best basketball in the league last year. Um, So he's really, he is. He played in the NCAA? (laughs) He did not. Played in the ACB um, in Europe. Um, But he is, he's really, he's really humongous. Uh, he'll be seven. He'll be seven three in shoes, with a seven six wingspan, and then he can shoot threes. Um, that's crazy. So obviously he's exciting. Um, moving on, Mario Hezonja is another really exciting exciting prospect. He is Croatian, and he has been <laughs> compared to uh, his two comps are either Kobe Bryant. Like a, a Kobe Bryant type, but taller, um, and J.R. Smith. Uh, <laughs> he is, he's he's like six eight or six nine. He's really irrationally confident. Um, he kind of takes some bad shots, but he's also super athletic and he is a good shooter. Um, he can play defense. Um, so these are all guys that are on the table. Um, I think Emmanuel Mudiay is also there. He's a good point guard that played in China last year. Um, so I'm going to pick those. So I think all those guys I could see us getting, if Okafor drops, I could see us taking him, although he's like the worst fit. Um, and I could see us trading up for Towns if that's an option. Um, I'm going to pick D'Angelo Russell, combo guard from Ohio State. Um, wow. Right on the money. That is my time. Do you guys want to? Do you guys have any feedback on that? And actually, just let me. I'll. I'll go ahead. And, I think I've. I've waffled on this. I've gone around and around, and it might change tomorrow. And I don't have a lot of confidence that this is the right pick. Um, I'm thankful that Sam Hinkie is making it and not me, because I think he'll make a better decision than I would. <laughs> but, um, 
Um, trust the process. I, I trust the process. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says trust the process. Um, but the reason I'm sold, the reason I'm going with Russell is Joel because almost, Joel almost said not just for salads, <laughs> which is the box that Ray's microphone is sitting on top of. <laughs> yes. Um, Tinder. Uh, but, uh, Russell is just basically, he's just really good at basketball. And I think, like, I can overthink it and people can overthink it a lot. Is he going to be good at defense? Is he going to be, like, quick enough to create shots in the NBA? And I think these are good questions, but, and maybe he won't work out. But he's also just, like, really good at basketball. He has incredible court vision. He can shoot. Um, and he is, like, long, like, if he's if he's willing and he's, like, uh, interested in learning a defensive and offensive system, then he will be very good. And uh, that's why I, I would have the Sixers pick him. Long and willing. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. Is that, I, I is that your Tinder, <laughs> Tinder <laughs> byline court? That is, unless you're trying to donate so that Ray doesn't... So Ray is... It's an earthbound farm organic salad box that his microphone is sitting on top of, and it says, not just for salads, which I was trying to point to Joel. I was trying to point at Ray's shirt, which says, trust the process, but I was kind of pointing more at the, the text on the box, which says, not just for salads, uh, which I blame Greg for all of that, really. Uh, I actually am... I'm really surprised as well. Joel just said he was really surprised, uh, especially after I was going to go with Chris Tapps. Well, and especially after you talked about his seven foot three with shoes, wearing high heels, all that nonsense. Humongous. I heard it was humongous. He's a humongous Latvian dude. Yeah. Um, And so in your, so I'm probably most intrigued by Chris Tapps and Mario. Um, But with either of those, if we get them, I actually see us trading down. Um, trading down with maybe the Knicks, with maybe the Magic. It seems like Hinky is like floating these rumors to try to get these guys to trade up. Um, so if we took either of those guys, I would be excited. And I think that they are kind of more exciting in what they could be. Like Croatian Kobe Bryant, that sounds freaking awesome. You know, I want him on my team. Maybe. Or a seven foot two guy who can just like shoot threes. Like that sounds awesome. From everything that I've heard, Russell seems like probably the best pick for that New York, Philadelphia, Magic kind of trifecta right there, the three through five, just because Russell seems like the most equipped to come into an NBA team and make an impact, whereas with Moutier and and Chris Stapps and... Hazonja, you're really banking on their potential probably several years down the line. So th- I think with Chris Stapps, that's true. But I've actually, I think Moutier right now actually like m- might be able to contribute more to an NBA team because I think physically he's physically he's already there. Like he can guard an NBA point guard right now and he can – he can handle the ball and he could penetrate like he might not be good at shooting right now. Um, but I think at worst, he's like Alfred Payton was this year where Russell, I think he would more have, like, I don't know. I, I he probably would never become what Stephen Curry has become. But when Steph Curry first got in the league, 
like he wasn't quite quick enough um, or he, he didn't quite have NBA speed and he wasn't that effective. I, I From what I had heard, I thought that Moutier was more of the raw, raw prospect you know, with more athleticism but maybe not the same sort of shot and court vision and feel for the game that Russell had and that you know he was he was somebody maybe on defense who was ready to guard NBA players out the gate but that overall and on offense Russell was going to be a little bit more polished and maybe like a I can't really think of a of a comp but yeah I, I, I think I think that's a popular that's a popular understanding and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he played in China last year rather than playing college but I think actually physically folks are saying he's actually sort of more of a known quantity. He's like, he has a higher floor and that like, I think he comes in the league right now and he's not that much worse than Tyreek Evans is. Like, I think that's like, Blasphemy. that's around where he is. Tyreek Evans is awesome. Yeah. That's high praise right there. Yeah. But I think, I think the question has become like, if he doesn't get better at shooting, which a lot of guys don't get better at shooting, is he just still like Tyreek Evans? And that's not, I don't know. That's not that's not what you want for the third pick. In my mind, D'Angelo Russell is the Dwayne Wade, and mm. Chris Tapps is the Darko of the draft. See, but he's not even a good ah. He's not even a good Darko comp. <laughs> I know, I know. He's a better Yijian Yan comp. And yes, I practiced that Yijian Yan. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I took way too much time. Yeah, you took like way, way, way but too much time. That was probably important. That was probably important for us to do that. It was probably important. Okay. So um, yeah, with the fourth pick, the New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Whoa. Oh. I feel, I feel like that's probably. Uh, it seems like the the pretty obvious pick there. I mean, your other options would be. Phil Jackson doesn't believe in three-point shooting. That's true. Yeah, maybe Moutier is your better pick there, um, but I just I don't know. it seems like from what I've heard that Kristaps is the next best talent at that at that spot, um, and I can't even think about who's on the Knicks roster right now, so I don't know about fit. Uh, but he's not a power forward or a small forward, so he doesn't overlap with Melo. Yes. Um, he actually might play. He probably can play power forward. That's yeah, why he sort probably of plays for the Sixers. Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'd still take Chris Stapps there if I, if I were the Knicks. I don't know who the Knicks would actually take, but I would. I would take. <laughs> I would take Chris Stapps. Yeah. Um, I, li- I like that pick. Yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, I think he's the best talent at that spot. Yeah. Word are, word is that um, Justice Winslow would like seem like someone that might catch their eye also. Um, Which one is better at the triangle? Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's so weird now to talk about the triangle because it just seems like so antiquated that like when I try to think about who would be good at the triangle, it's just like probably like I don't know, no NBA players that are good or like particularly good at the triangle because it's just kind of it's kind of lost. I guess you would want a post player. 
You would want because you want the like Mellow's I mean, the high guy in the triangle, and then I think you have someone working uh, on Okafor, the Okafor. Yeah, yeah, seems like the the bet of all the people, but he's gone at this point. Yeah, the kings have taken him yeah. at two in I, our mock mock draft. Yeah, I, I think Moutier is not good for the triangle because I think the triangle they does not necessarily rely on penetration, which is what Moutier is is good at. I don't know. Right, and. He's still available. Yeah. Still available. Moving on to the Magic at pick five. Moving on to the Magic. Pick five. Uh, and they were interested in... The word is they're interested in Chris Tapps, so that was a bummer that, that the Knicks just took them. They were pretty surprised that the Knicks took Chris Tapps. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, the Magic with the fifth pick in the NBA draft... Are going to select Justice Winslow. Oh. Mainly because their general manager is far more familiar with him. Oh, sorry. This, I don't know. That's the old, the old, the, the old, old timer. That's the old timer. Yeah, so Man. We're, we're, we're gold. We're totally gold. Uh, Winslow versus Moutier. I remember when Moutier was being recruited to play for SMU with Larry Brown. Uh, he was a big time prospect that's for sure um i can't say that like maybe like the real magic would be like more enamored with winslow versus moutier but i feel like moutier has like since he played in china for the year instead of playing in college basketball he's become more of this like uh unknown quantity uh i feel like justice winslow you're not gonna you know what you're getting with him Moutier, it's like a little more unclear. For example, Miles Turner was like kind of the number one considered number one recruit coming into college. Well, yeah, I guess Okafor was like also. Turner was two. Turner was two. Uh, regardless, there's kind of like that, like there's that sort of like uncertainty where like a guy that is like kind of a sure thing and, and same with Moutier, he was like very highly regarded. Uh, and I know that Larry Brown wanted him to come to SMU. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what the deal was, uh, academic eligibility versus etc. It probably was a good choice for him to play in China. Um, it, you know, if I were, had to go to the NBA after a year, I would definitely go to somewhere that paid me for a year instead yeah. of going to college. You got a million bucks for playing, I think, 12 games. Yeah, that sounds like a way better deal than getting zero bucks for playing 12, 30, 40 games for Duke and winning a national championship. But one year of a college education is worth way more than a million dollars. Plus you get the little networking with Coach K and yeah. then you're like totally, you know, you're in with the whole system after that. It's hard yeah. to say. It's you, you Honestly, there is like that sort of factor. But I feel like, you know, Larry Brown probably still has uh, Moody is back in that sort of deal, even mm. after he went over to China. Um, and he has, he has a million dollars that Justice Winslow doesn't have. Regardless, Justice Winslow is the pick for the Magic. Uh, he's going to get more than a million dollars over the course of his NBA career. Uh, he won a national championship. Uh, he kind of is one of those small forward do-it-all guys. Yeah. I think that's a solid pick. Lot, and I think lot to say, a lot of good things to say about him. I feel like maybe high floors is, is there with him. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I think that's a good pick. I think, and also, drafting for fit is, like, generally not a good idea, at least for folks, like, that believe in the kind of Sixers ideology. Uh, but Moutier would certainly not appear to fit with um, with Alfred, Alfred Payton. Yeah, it's so, the same guy, really. Um, Justin Winslow makes sense. But also, in general, it looks like they, they really just need some shooting. That's why Chris Tapps was kind of really interesting to them there. Um, Side note, but, Hazonia might have been kind of a, an interesting yes. chucker there. I'm just I'm just down on Croatia and Croatian picks. Uh, I'm down yeah. on the international players. He has played really, and in a way, he's like more intriguing than than Kristaps because he's like been more of an established player overseas. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, it's not going to be Hazonia for the Magic. Yeah. All right, so now. The Kings are on the clock again. They picked up Jaleel Okafor at two. Um, and so for me, it really comes down to Moutier and Hizonja. Um And I think I'd actually be really torn if I was in this position. Um, I'm going to go with Moutier for the Kings. Um, I think... All things considered, upside, fit, everything, and, and just kind of the team that they are, I think Moutier makes more sense. Um, they have Collison, but I don't think he's a long-term kind of lead guard. Um, and if you have Okafor on the post, bringing in a good guard that's going to be able to penetrate um, is important. Although, especially if Randall's on the team, if it's Randall and Okafor, or even if Cousins is still there, um, they're going to be clogging up the lane a lot because they're going to be working off the block. So maybe that kind of renders him like less effective. Um, but I'll go with Moutier. And mainly this is because I kind of wanted to reveal my biggest problem with Hizonja. I would be excited if, if he ultimately wound up on the Sixers. Um, but there's something I just want to kind of talk this out. He's, he's like just a... He's just this brash, like, really good-looking guy, you know? <laughs> and, like, for some reason, that just, like, I just feel, I'm like, I don't like that. I don't want you on my team, really good-looking, brash guy. I don't want you roaming the streets of Philadelphia, you know? Like, you know, he'd, yeah, he'd be a better podcaster than an NBA player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does that make me a? Does that does that factor in? Does okay. Does how? <laughs> is, it, is it just because your sisters live in Philadelphia? Right? Is that? No, I think I have this like sort of protective. Uh, it's a protective. I don't know. You just. Yeah, I I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to put it into words. But there's this thing where you're like, oh, that guy. He's this jerk. He's gonna run around the city terrorizing people. <laughs> And right, he's handsome. You looked at him, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, like a in that, in that picture he does not look handsome. But he's a handsome guy. Sorry, that was probably the closest we've come to yelling on this podcast. <laughs> uh he yeah, he, also the, I I do like the idea of him going to Philadelphia mainly because his first name is pronounced in my experience which is limited, uh, very, pronounced very differently between mm. people who grew up in the Philadelphia area 
which include my roommate Ray, my former roommate Dom, and my uncle and my dad. Uh, <laughs> they say they all say Mario versus uh, a lot of other people say Mario. I actually have no idea how you would say that in Croatia. Uh, I would guess Mario, but <laughs> come on, you're the handsome guy. This in this picture, in this picture, he is holding up a basketball in his right hand and a number. He's holding up one finger, like kind of like number one in the other hand. Yeah, he's wearing number eight, and uh, he appears, you know, to be he. It looks pretty photoshopped. He has, yeah. yeah I don't know. But how comfortable would you feel about him at a party? You know, him. How comfortable would I feel talking to him at a party? Yeah, pretty uncomfortable. I feel like he's like <laughs> six foot nine or something. Like yeah. I would be like, man, that guy is really tall. And then he probably, you know, I'm sure he's great at English, but you'd be like, oh, this guy's from Croatia, and he's like gonna be an NBA player. Like, do I want to like I want to make it sure it seems like it's cool here? Like, yeah, but then like also cool stuff say you do have like we a do girlfriend like there, and she's like, oh, what's up with Mario? I you're mean, like, I don't. I don't know what's up with Mario. Yeah, no, he's just I mean really that's good at her. basketball, and he's like six foot eight, and he's like really handsome. I know that's like if she's into that, then that's what she's into. That's her thing, right? I, I think you're just more mature than I am. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, you know, hypothetical girlfriends and hypothetical Marios at parties. <laughs> Neither of them are true for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So moving on to pick number, number seven. Seven pick. The Denver Nuggets select Mar- Mario <laughs> Hazonja. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say Frank the Tank, but I couldn't. Okay. Couldn't even pull it. I'm up cool with him being in Denver. You know. I feel like a, I feel like it's probably a pretty good place for him. I I think he sort of uh, will have Gallinari still right as kind of a role model mentor <laughs> who seems like he kind of. Uh, will his own I think will fit the mold of what Gallinari has been in terms of a scoring wing you know kind of a slasher with that with athleticism who's also got a nice shot um and also both pretty good looking dudes um so yeah I think uh I think the Nuggets would be happy if his was sitting there at the number seven pick Yes, I think that would be that would be a really good pick for them. That would work out well for them, I think. In oh. in fact, NBA Draft.net, that's who the Nuggets are picking is Hazonia. Mm. Mm. Uh I guess that means that the Detroit Pistons are on the clock. They are. Uh having just traded for Ilisova. Mm-hmm. Urson. 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 Uh who the only time I ever saw him in person was terrible uh at basketball. It was kind of an off night. He was playing against AD. Man, we have really gone on a long time on this <laughs> podcast. In, in fact, I'm not even sure what's going on. Is it recording? I think we've determined that it is recording. Just like the little bar is gone now. Uh, long story short, Pistons 
Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Frank the Tank. Boom. Okay. Well, uh, my pick for that is just because he's awesome uh, and nobody gives college seniors any credit and he's going to be the first college senior off the board. Uh, the Knicks are going to trade up, uh, trading away their future draft picks in 2021 onward. Four draft picks from 21, four first round draft picks, 2021 through 2025 for Frank Kaminsky because they're enamored with him. And they want to pair him up with whoever the Knicks ended up taking in this mock draft. So it's, in, it's interesting that you didn't pick another player. Um, I mean, you, the, if you're talking about Justin Anderson, he, he is a steal for Charlotte at number nine here. Okay, uh, so he'd be playing in, uh, I assume that the Charlotte Hornets play in Greensboro Coliseum, which is where the, uh, the ACC tournament was, mm-hmm. which UVA won yeah. when Justin Anderson was a sophomore. So at number nine, uh, while acknowledging that Justin Anderson is on the board, um, the Hornets will decline selecting Justin Anderson. They were actually really excited about taking Frank Kaminsky. So the Hornets did a trade tonight where they got rid of Noah Vonley, who they drafted last year, and Gerald Henderson, and got back um, uh, Nick Batum from the Trailblazers. The best um, French player available. Indeed. Besides Tony Parker, who's awesome. Um, so the idea was that they were doing that and probably going to draft Kaminsky, who would kind of fit in well as that uh, shooting power forward. Um, but with him off the board, I am going to take for them Stanley Johnson of Arizona. He is... Uh, super athletic, good rangy wing, um, not much of a shooter right now, but has a lot of basketball skills. And if he develops that shot, he could be a really interesting offensive player. And he, at minimum, should be a really good uh, defensive player um, in the Andre Iguodala finals MVP mode. I think his only regret was that he lost to Frank Kaminsky in that game, uh, who got taken one pick ahead of him. Yeah, I guess that's how it goes. Well, that uh, that's our nine-pick mock draft. Nine-pick mock draft. Uh, you you can just start walking, watching at pick 10 tomorrow because that's going to be exactly how it goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had nothing else to say about the draft before we actually watch it. I think Ray has like maybe a little bit more like psychological things to say. I have things that probably need to be worked out like either in my head or aloud, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited about tomorrow. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm not super nervous, but I'm a little bit nervous and I'm, I'm confident that whatever happens, I'm going to walk away from the draft and be fairly optimistic that we made, we made some good moves and brought in some good players. Whatever happens, you hear, you heard it here first. Trust the process. Ray, trust the process. Not just for salads. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> this has been Half Court, Mid Range, and Pick and Roll. <laughs>